Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic starting now. Welcome, explorers, to the Exploring Series. This is Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. If you haven't listened to Exploring the Marketplace on Fridays, I want to encourage you to do so. It's an incredible time of talking to entrepreneurs, business leaders, and people in their careers about what God's doing and how God adds so much to their life. But this particular podcast is about hearing God's voice for yourself and the world around you. We It's story-based. So we tell stories. We hear from people who are friends of mine or connected to me that I just want you to hear what the difference of the prophetic has made in their life. Today, we have a very unique show because I have Keith Ferrente, and Keith is actually a prophetic voice that's raising up what he calls a new generation of prophets. So people who actually, their full-time assignment from God is to prophesy or to be a prophetic voice or to teach on the prophetic or to equip and activate the prophetic. And so I love that. I'm just going to read this about Keith. He's a prophetic voice that travels internationally, speaking in churches, conferences, and a variety of venues. He carries a message of freedom of the body of Christ, helping bring revival and reformation. Keith has developed many resources that offer fresh perspective on the prophetic for real supernatural kingdom character and spiritual gifting. He has founded the Emerging Prophets, which is a ministry for the purpose of helping highly gifted prophetic individual, individuals discover whether they are a prophet, what kind of prophet they are, and the need of character to move from calling a prophet and office to the office of prophet. Keith also helps marketplace leaders and influencers get breakthrough in their life, business, and place of impact. And I know you're going to enjoy him. I sure do. So stay tuned for Keith. My friend Sean Bowles and I wrote a book called Wired to Hear that's available everywhere books are sold. Most people don't hear the audible voice of God. That's all we think, the only way we can hear God. But we have story after story after story of people hearing the quiet, still voice of the Lord or impressions or instinct and intuition, which we write about. And we're hoping that that helps people unlock their relationship and how to hear the Lord and how to walk with the Lord. Or what does this look like when you're on set in a movie? Or what does this look like when you're a chairman? or when you're in Starbucks as an employee, how do you use this place of hearing connected to God? It's not just about evangelism. It's also about how to thrive and and connect who Jesus is to your life, not just to do something for him, but to do something with him. So we're talking to bankers and we're talking to lawyers and doctors and people who are billionaires. We've had these amazing conversations what God does when he speaks to somebody and it actually causes a ripple effect in their industry or, or causes new ideas or even career changes. It's gonna change everything for you if you haven't already had this activated. Well, today on the show, we have Keith. Keith, I'm so glad you're on. Thanks so much for joining us. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So this is like such a privilege. Wow. So love being with you, bro. You're such a hero to so many people. And I just love how you forerun so many things in the spirit and just and just and, and just been a good model of what a new covenant prophet looks like. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I feel like uh, I'm stupid enough to say yes to God on some of the missions that other people would never say yes to. It's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not intelligent enough to say no. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Why not move to LA? Why not? But you have just moved to as well. Yes. So tell us about that. You just became a Southern Californian. Man, you know, God put on our heart to raise up prophets and 
we started doing that five or six years ago. And then he's, he put an entrepreneur foundation under it. I was walking with a good friend of mine who you've had on here, Pedro Adeo, and yeah. he really started just helping me step into that mindset as a third generation pastor and kind of shift into an entrepreneur mindset. And then as a prophet, that allowed us to move down here because we, we didn't need to be tied to a church salary or, or you know, traveling yeah. or anything like that. And we just felt like we were supposed to be around, get closer to the influencers, get closer to, you know, just, just a different way of doing things that's going to be more effective. That is so awesome. And I just feel like the prophetic is, is so alive in cities like Los Angeles and Southern California, New York City, but they're not often looked at as places of holiness or that God would raise up his voice. And yet, when you look at what happens in culture around the world, it happens from these cultural hubs. So I'm so glad you're here. And I just know that favor and grace is going to follow you guys all over the place. But tell me, like, I want to get into your story because you, um, you didn't always believe that hearing from God would be a daily flow for you or for other believers. How did that happen? Well, I was, I grew up as a third generation pastor. I mean, I was, I was a Pentecostal. So I did speak in tongues, but it's amazing. You can have one expression and not really embrace another. And I think we technically believe that God spoke, but even in Bible college, it's like, I remember my, the professor was like, Hey, God speaks usually once every 20 years to people. And if someone Mm. thinks it's every day, they're, they're kind of strange if God talks every day. And and I'm like, that was kind of our belief. I, I yeah. remember having maybe hearing God one time in the first 20 some years of my life. I spoke wow. in tongues. I was passionate for God, but I didn't have that encounter with God. And so I, I and I was very against the, the kind of the prophetic move that started coming out. And along with all the other the outpouring of the renewal and, and the spirit of God that was coming in the 90s, I was very set against it, actually trying to shut it down. Wow. And, um, and, and, you know, with, with different leaders backing and it's like, I went to a meeting that one of the fathers that you would know uh, was there and he was preaching with someone else. And, um, I had actually been on a phone call with him, one of the fathers of this, this movement. And I'm like, I don't know if this is God. And he's like, well, I don't have to come. Well, I'm like, well, come, but just keep it in line. And <laughs> he came and I mean, he ended up coming, but man, there was a target on my chest the whole time I was, I was leading the worship for this conference. and then. He was a speaker with another guy. And it's like, I was getting prophesied over. I didn't even know what that was, but it's like my mail was wow. getting read. And, and I saw the love of God in those guys where I was against them, but they, there was this love flowing and that won me over and it, and it brought me mm-hmm. in and I started coming into this journey, even though my theology didn't, hadn't caught up. And then I started running into prophets. I mean, different prophets, like became <laughs> my mentors, like Chris Valentin and, yeah. Some people that people may not know, Wendell McGowan, others, Martin Scott, different people, prophets the Lord started bringing. I mean, we were, my wife and I were just happy for moms and dads to be in our life. We didn't really know what prophet really was. Yeah. But like Chris, you know, I mean, I, I mean, we just, he started, he would read our mail. We call it reading our mail, you know, it's like all the details, all this and this. And it's just, it was very relational. And we're like, oh my word, this is amazing. And and so we went on this journey and uh, for 10 years, Chris started mentoring us. And then we started running with prophets, traveling with them. But like I said, we didn't really have a profit grid. We just had like father, mother grid. And, wow. and I think that's why it was sustainable because it was like that we weren't wowed by the prophet. We were just endeared to the father's heart. Yeah. And, and that kind of brought the, uh, the, I think probably the, you know, settledness in, in, in my own spirit as a prophetic person. So it wasn't all about the prophetic. It was about the father. Yeah. 
Well, so many times there's an orphan spirit that's attached to people who yeah. walk in prophecy. So the fact wow. that you kind of got brought into it through relational kind of a relational grid and a peer yeah. circle and a, some fathers and mothers that were like, you know, it's just so unusual. And I love that because yeah. a lot of people who were brought into those same kinds of circles as you weren't thinking, I'm going to raise up next generation prophets. They thought I'm going to go as far as I can in my own ministry. And I love that you've mm -hmm. always looked beyond yourself. And I think, you know, you guys, from what I gather and from what I've heard are very healthy parents to your children. Yeah. And so I think like, it's just beautiful to watch when you do family. Well, that usually rolls over into how you do ministry as well. You Come can on. usually tell how good of a person is in their ministry by how connected their kids are to God, at least when they're little, maybe yeah. we're not responsible when they're older, but when they're little and you guys, you've had this incredibly connected family. Talk to me about like the first time that you really heard from God in a way that you knew like, Oh wait, there's something on this. Like God's calling me to this. Well, there was definitely uh, a couple things. Uh, one of them was when I actually met a, another prophet, uh, Wendell and he, and he prayed for me, prophesied over me and blew on my stomach. You know how you've seen a minister blow on me. That was strange. Yeah. Just <sighs> receive Holy spirit. He was prophesying over me. I was, uh, he, he was kind of prophesying over me uh, kind of against my will because I was like, Hey, I don't mind ministry, but not from that guy. It, it was like one of those guys <laughs> that was outside of my grid. And, and yeah. he prophesied over me anyways. And I mean, he read my mail, but I was a resistant kind of like, is this in the Bible? And, but that night I went and I was sleeping. My wife and I were sleeping at my parents' house uh, at a conference for a conference and upstairs. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and there was literally a physical wind in the room, just blowing. Wow. And I woke up and I'm like, the windows were closed, everything. And I woke up and I started prophesying and I'd never done that before. Wow. And my wife wakes up and I'm sitting there prophesying and I don't even know what I was saying. I don't know what that was, but my wife wakes up. It's like, you're prophesying. And my dad in the next morning, cause we were all new, we were all kind of against this. And, and my dad being, he, he also a denomination pastor and was like, he's like, I heard the wind, what was going on. I mean, he heard it too. Not just wow. my voice. So I went back to this prophet Wendell and I'm like the guy that I was against, you know, I'm like, Hey, what'd you do? This happened. And he's like, uh, this was like a Samuel experience in Eli's house. You were in your father's house and your father interpreted this was God. And I mean, just, I, I remember that that was, you know, probably 18, 20 years ago. And, and after that, it's like, Wendell went from being against to being for, like I was for him, even though I didn't get it. I'm like, this is, I started on this journey. So I saw that being around the prophets kind of activated something in me yeah. that wasn't there before. Oh, like, for I sure. I love that. I think it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have asked me, you know, how have you been mentored the most or trained the most? I said, you know, just being around other people who have a heart and a connection to the prophetic and believe in it and watching wow. them and just being around them and, and being their champion, but also being there when things don't work out. And um, has been my biggest training ground. You know, it's like them allowing me to be me and me allowing them to be them. It's been such a training ground of just growth. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's a relational training ground. But a lot of people like to be independent when it comes to the prophetic. And it's beautiful yeah. when you're not, when, you're, when yeah. you do open yourself up to relationship. And things, certain things go slower and certain things go way faster when you do that. And I think a lot of people <laughs> don't like the slow times and they, they want all the fast stuff, you know. Well, um, so when did it turn into kind of a commissioning from God to raise up other people in the prophetic? Well, when I was, uh, you know, I had a, I had a prophetic word from one of those uh, prophets, um, probably 
six years into the journey said, Keith, God's called you and your family as prophets of fire. And like Elijah stood in the presence of the Lord, like Gabriel standing mm. in the presence of the Lord. So you too stand in the presence of the Lord. And so you'll be known as a prophet of fire. That was given. It didn't take. I, I received the fire part of it, but you know, you don't have a grid for being a prophet. So it's like, oh, that's awesome. I recorded it. I kept it, but I never like, oh, I'm a prophet till about, I don't know, six or eight years later. And, and I'm, I'm starting to travel now. Some of these guys are sending me out. I'm traveling on their behalf to places or the prophetic. I don't still call myself a prophet. And Dano, who's, you know, Dano and, and, um, yeah, from Mission Church and, yeah. yeah. And so we, we, um, he, you know, we're running together and he's like, Keith, you've been serving, pastoring, doing all this stuff, all the traveling. It's time for you to start building something God's called you to build. That's, that's going to be like your, your mark. And he's like, you that's need awesome. to raise up prophets. And, and I'm like, that doesn't sound exciting at all. He's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to gather all the, the, the loudest, the most opinionated, the strangest, the weirdest, all of them into the same room and train them. I mean, that was my initial thoughts. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, 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 but I, I trust, you know, uh, to me, it almost was like Elijah with Elisha, like Elisha, Elijah heard from the Lord, you know, here, you know, call Elisha. It's, I almost felt like that. I, I didn't, I wasn't hearing God directly. I was hearing yeah. through a mentor that I, tr you know, trusted. And then, but eventually the Lord did speak to me about it, I, you know, a little bit. in, he did say, Keith, I've called you to help raise up prophets, get their foundations healthy so they can be heard. And so wow. he did give me wow. that. So we started a local school there in, in Vacaville where we were a local school to help people discover if they're a prophet. And you, and you kind of have to like try to create a framework. It's like, you know, no, I mean, we were, we were just rushing through all sorts of stuff. People would say, there's no prophets in the region. A lot of pastors were like, there's no prophets in my church. And I'm like, they're not a message prophet and they're not a famous platform prophet. But they could be a Nathan behind the scenes prophet. They could be an intercessor prophet. Uh, they could be a part of the company like Elisha had that, that the no name prophet anoints the king that finally ends the curse over yeah. the land. So I'm like, we just don't have that grid. So I had to start fighting to create the culture for for that. And 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 you know, and when we started gathering people to it, and and we've been on a journey with that. Wow, it's so interesting because when we we put together a project just to define a little theology in the prophetic and prophets. And uh, when my research team, they found out that there was literally thousands of prophets in the old Testament that were not named. Come and on. they went through and they counted them and they were like, I think it was something like 2,500 or more. I could be wrong. It's in the book. And I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea that I'm like, what are their stories? What is each one of their stories? And me personally, just like you, I've gotten to know people who no one will ever know from a platform who has operated with the word of the Lord in the most key moments of a city's life, of an industry's life, of a mm. family's life. And it's such a profound thing that they've laid down their lives to hear God in such a powerful way. And yet they're not necessarily recognized. So I was really excited when you first started this because I thought there needs to be more places that create a platform of grace and authority for people to be able to just be who they are. Because I know for me, the more not exposure I get because exposure is not always good, but the more um, connected relationships I get, mm. the more that people entrust me in their relationship circle in the prophetic, the more my gift grows, the more that my connection to God, the more my empathy, the more my compassion, the more my love. So I love that you're doing this. It's so cool. Tell me kind of like some of your favorite stories that have come out of creating this emerging group of prophets. 
<laughs> oh man, we 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 drew to us exactly what I thought we were drew to, uh, to us—the crazies, the ones that would just butt up against me, that would just stand up in class and just I disagree, and and I'm just like oh, my word. You know what? I I went to inner healing right right within a few months. It, it oh, took me to another need. I'm like I'm not going to be able to pass these guys unless I get healthier. I'm just going to chop them. You know, yeah. it's like, I need to get more kindness. I got to get more of a father's heart. So it's like, I had to grow into that's real talk. Graciousness. Right What's that? That's real talk. Yeah. As I mean, that, that, <laughs> I mean, I got like the, like a big week long inner healing in that time. And I mean, it was like a game wow. changer for me. It kind of really reframed some stuff. I was like, no, you're not going to be able to train the profits unless you're healthier because it's about health. And so we started working, you know, with these guys. And it's like some of some of the guys in the group, they're just incredibly powerful. So I have some seers that we started having in there. One, one of my seers that travel with me a lot, he would, I'd be in South Africa, or if he's not able to travel, he's at home saying, hey, there's a lady in the third row. Talk about getting wow. words of knowledge. Well, he would give me the words That's of knowledge. Amazing. Lady in the third row, she's got a red dress. This needs to happen. I mean, I wouldn't treat it like one, but I'd say, hey, lady in the red dress, God is highlighting you. Someone would bust open, and I, I started realizing these guys are guys I'm training, but they're feeding me too. Yeah, I would get into warfare and get you know the enemy starting to kind of hit you in this in the in the mental and emotional and you know how he does with the thoughts and when you're going into a territory, and it's like, hey, I call my hey bro, I'm getting beat up, man. I I don't know really what's going on. He's like, oh, I see it. I mean, he just he kind of he does this thing on the phone, but when I'm in person, he kind of looks up. You know how problems like, looks up. Does a little head bob. Oh, oh there it is. The problem's going to be very different. I mean, I, I can be too, but I'm, I've learned to value that difference and try to create safety so they can get healthy, so they can be heard. But it's like, I, you know, he would see something and then he'd, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a sword coming down and there's a snake. I'm chopping the head off of the snake. How do you feel now? And I'm like, oh, wow, I feel better. That works, bro. And so it's like I began to find these guys literally started seeing around me, but I started seeing better around them. Just, wow. I mean, I'm like, there was this, some of them got awakened, just like I got awakened around the province. They got awakened, but there was dimensions that awakened me too. So it was a, I think it's just like, it's a precious gift to be around the prophets. Oh, I think it is too. I think when Saul went to the place of Shiloh and started to prophesy, Cause he came under the anointing. It's like, I've, I've entered in a few of those times, mainly when I was in Kansas city with a prophetic team, there's a few of those times where, you know, we would, we'd all increase because we're around each other. We'd all have more. And all of a sudden someone would come in from the government or from entertainment or from something else. And you'd have this company of people who would, I mean, I, I wasn't very, I was the least gifted person at that time. Like I just had favor and I was willing to prophesy. So I would say things to people and someone's got a word of knowledge or something, but it was compared to the other people on the team. It was like the least, but it was when I was around them, I would pop into more and it gave me faith that maybe wow. one day I'll experience more gifting, which over the years I've had ebbs and flows of seasons of extreme gifting. And then uh, I have where it's like, now it's not as much gifting, but I still feel the same connection to God, whatever. But I, I've, I've cut my teeth on being a part of teams. I love being a part of a team where they like to be alone, which I love that you're doing that. Kind of walk me through the, the first successful season where you're seeing like, okay, this is working. Profits are emerging. This is happening. I want to do this more. Because I mean, I'm sure at some point you were like throwing in the towel. This isn't worth it. Like when was the first time it was worth it? Oh, man. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a couple, couple years. 
it took a couple of years and I was running the whole thing by myself at first. And then you start building your team from within as they starting to grow up. And I'm starting to see the transformation. A doctor that was in our group and he was a friend of mine. He was, he's coming through the school and he's like, he's super prophetic. And, and he's, he's like, hadn't had a few, um, promotions because he just would over, you know, just, just typical profit stuff. It'd be yeah. say too much, just be too aggressive in the, in the hospital with new ideas and this or that. And he started learning sensitivity because that's one of the things we champion It's like be sensitive relationally. Yeah. And just, so all of a sudden he started getting promotions. He got like triple, like triple pay and like put in what wow. high position. And um, his wife was thanking me. He's like, Keith, <laughs> I just want to thank you because he is a different person altogether. I just, and I started seeing marriages getting better, families, wow. you know, the relate, you know, prophets starting to fight for the, uh, you know, their church connection, however imperfect it could be. It's like, let's stay connected. Let's not break connection and just leave. And so that's when I'm like, wow, this is really working. This is, it's not, it's kind of like pastoring. It's like, I'm pastoring the prophets. It's, you're not really a prophet to the prophets, you're pastoring. You're just helping them over the course of time, get healthy. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I so hear like, I love that. I asked a question you gave basically an emotional health response, a spiritual emotional health response. Whereas a lot of people would say, you know, like the best time was when we gave our first major words to the government or something. And you're saying when I saw people integrating in relationally and getting emotional intelligence and getting healthy, I mean, that's a huge statement of who you are, Keith. It's so beautiful. And I, I just think of Samuel, when, I don't know if you knew this, I'm sure you did. You could probably teach me more than I could teach you on this. But but when Samuel was first uh, instituting the schools of the prophets, the rabbis that we've talked to told us that you could not be a part of the school unless you were over 30. So you're wow. already established in your community and you're a business owner or you're a businessman in good standing to the community. Like you had to be in good cool. standing. And when I heard that, I just thought, I heard it from several rabbis and I, I just was like, can you imagine that to be qualified to be a part of a school of prophets, you had to be a contributor and you had wow, to, nothing on. could be about you. You had to be part and integrated in as a functional cog in the wheel of your society. I just thought, man, that's that right. There's a lesson period, but you're speaking that like you're helping people to be functional members of their family and community just by the grace that's on you and just the, the focus that you have, which I think I know I got entrusted to this mission because not many people who go about this mission are focused on, the emotional health of pastoring prophets, they're focused on what can I get from them? How can I use their gift for the world around them? And I think that that's been the breakdown. Every time someone tries to start the new Shiloh or the new, the new prophetic camp, it's like the prophets get run over or the prophets run over people because there's not those relational boundaries put in place. And I think you're so encouraging. I'm sure many pastors who are listening to this are going, I needed Keith in my life. I need him to help me with my prophets because there's that that's what people are looking for. We know the gift will emerge. We know the gifts are going to increase, but we don't know if the people containing the gifts will have the character, the integrity, the accountability that really makes it like a healthy relationship. So tell me, I'm going to switch gears. Tell me um, just about like one of your favorite moments you've ever had in the prophetic with God. Oh man. I love you. I mean, of course we live for that, that I was, I was, I was a worshiper before I was prophetic and, I remember someone asking, Keith, can I get an impartation from your prophetic? And my wife's like, it's not about the prophetic. It's about the connection with God, the worship wow. and the father's heart. And of course, we value the prophetic. We know that's God's voice. But yeah. I love that. And I, I remember once I was I was on my guitar and I got a guitar right here. But I was I was just in my prayer room 
And it was one of those times when I was pastoring, wasn't a whole lot of people kind of behind the scenes. He was forming me, getting healthy, getting me healthy relationally. And, and I was crying out to the Lord on my guitar and what, and I was singing a spontaneous song to the Lord. This, I love you, dad. I love you, dad. I love you, dad. I love you, my dad. And he literally started, I mean, this is the, probably one of the few times I've ever heard this. He started singing my song audibly back to me. Mm. I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, my son. And I mean, in that moment, I mean, my, I, I, you talk, I mean, I, I was undone. I started crying at the top of my lungs. When he talks, when it's that, you, you're not, you're not strong. You're not, you're no longer in charge. And you're, you let go. I, I was, I was on a journey of letting go of control and having to figure everything out. And I was, and it's like, I, I had to go to a meeting after that. And, and so I went home to get ready for this meeting. As, as I walked in the door, I, 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 I started crying at the top of my lungs again. I just, I was trying to pull it together yeah. and I just burst out. My daughter was four then. And she's like, daddy's a good crier. And <laughs> I mean, but it was that, that was one of those marks wow. and I can still come back to it. And just that, that, that creates the health where you're not lo- longer performing as a prophetic person. You're just yeah. and settle in. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I still struggle with, performance after that but it was one of those markers that was really a part of that journey oh i love that i just you know a couple other questions i have for you before we go one of them would be um what are you hoping that a new generation prophet looks like or a next generation prophet looks like what what does it look like to you with prophets emerging that could affect maybe society or politics or the church as we know it oh man i I love that yeah just what we've talked about Prophets that are in community, that's a huge piece for us. New Covenant prophets went out in pairs. You had Barnabas and Paul. Of course, I believe mm-hmm. Barnabas was a prophet apostle. You had, you know, Agabus and his company. You had Judas and Silas. So the, those guys, joyful prophets, I believe the New Covenant's yeah. the right peace and joy. So prophets that have joy, prophets that have a victorious view of the future is, is a really big one to oh, me. It's Huge. like, um, and, and, uh, so there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of that. And then the love piece is just such a huge piece for me. We go through a lot of like you, I mean, uh, you, you have to absolutely love a leader, even if you disagree with them completely, uh, you know, even if they're non-believer completely going against God's value system or whatever, it's like, you have no voice until you absolutely love them. So that's mm-hmm. one of the big things we champion is, and I know you champion that too, Sean, is getting love. And, and there's other things, but th- those are kind of like, just what is it? What what are those pieces that God's kind of unveiled for us today in the new covenant? We want those in our prophets. I love that so much, of course. I mean, I love your values. Um, my last question, I think it's my last question, is, um, you know, in all that you've been raising up now, you have this prolific Facebook group, group of people who are meeting and sharing their experiences and sharing principles and sharing their hearts um, and all the different people that you're connected to. Um, what do you feel like, cause we're in a time that's like, obviously one of the darker times in hell, especially evangelicals are maybe not having a victorious outlook theologically because of politics, at least in America and certain countries like America, what is your hope as far as like these new people that God's emerging right now, as far as practical hope, do you think that there's a difference that's going to be made or is being made by the stories you're hearing? hundred percent. Oh, my word. The unknown prophet. It, I mean, you think about the unknown Hobbit, second Kings nine. It wasn't it wasn't Elijah that 
knocked Ahab and Jezebel out and kind of in, in those days and kind of unseated the moral, the moral decay that was happening. He couldn't do it on his own as a lone prophet. Yeah. It wasn't Elisha. Elisha could raise up the company, but was the unknown prophet. So for yeah. me, it's like that unknown prophet who knew who he was in the company. So he was known there and he was teachable. He could have the word of the Lord put in his mouth by Elisha. Hey, go and prophesy to Jehu. He's the next king. He's supposed to end Jezebel's reign. He's supposed to do this. And so he goes in there, prophesies as the unknown young prophet who or whoever, wow. however old. And wow. Jehu gets set on fire and go, goes and does what Elijah couldn't do. He, he ends the curse over the land. And I feel like we're at such a point. It's like it's shifting out of the Elijah, the single major prophets. And we so yeah. love those forerunners. We so I'm so thankful for them. But it's like it is moving to the companies. It's like the companies mm-hmm. of prophets and the one that can be like teachable. And, and here's the word of the Lord, go release it. And, and I've learned to do that. I've learned, I've had prophets that tell me, Keith, when you go to that governor or that senator or that leader, this is, this is, this is some of the stuff you're wow. supposed to say. And then you add your own, this, as the spirit of God flows. But I'm like, this is, this is how we don't have to give everything from our own place and we can transform it. And just, I'm sure you've seen it. And I've, and I've seen some sm- small signs of, legislation changing, uh, like God turning people's hearts that are so against something and they get wrecked by the love of God, they get wrecked by the spirit of God and stuff starts to turn. And I believe that this is the right time for that Elijah generation to rise up. That's in, 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 in amongst us. I'm so with you. I'm so with you. I'm, I'm part of team new prophets. (laughs) You are. are. Um, so just as far as I want to, I want to end this where people really know how to get involved with that Facebook group and your website. Tell us how to get involved. You can go to all things prophetic in my Facebook group and that just uh, every week. And then you can go to emergingprovids.com, which is our website and check out resources and books and all that sort of stuff and events that are going on there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on today. You're awesome. I can't wait to hear more from you in the future. It's an honor, Sean. I so value and appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transcend God Mentoring, where you'll receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.